All right, it is NFL Week 8, and this is Stupid versus the Spread. We are here to talk all of our talking points. There's no real big storylines, I don't think, um, but we got two two storylines or, or hypotheticals here to talk about, and then we'll get into our, our games and our picks. Uh, so the two hypotheticals we're going to go over, because there's not many major storylines from this past week. The Dolphins, Bills, Lions all had pretty bad losses this past week. All of them have struggled recently, but we thought would be contenders. Mike, who do you think is in the best spot and the worst spot of those three teams? Um, I I think the Lions are probably in the best spot. And I say that because they're in a weaker conference and a pretty not good division. Um, like we did just see the Vikings beat the 49ers, but I think that's more like a, are we really going to give up on the season yet? Um, sort of victory. And I like the, uh, sorry, not color. The 49ers were very clearly banged up and just a road game Monday night, like sort of just a bad spot for the 49ers. I don't really know how much stock to put in that loss. Um, so I think that the Lions division and their conference is by far easier. I do think like that was always a tough road spot for the Lions to go in and beat the Ravens. Um, and I just think it's one of those like maybe measuring stick games, but like maybe like a palate cleanser, like you just sort of wash it away. Whereas like the Bills have not looked good for the past three weeks. Like ever since they beat the Dolphins, they have looked pretty bad. Um, and, I would agree with that. Yeah. And I think there's something wrong there. Yeah, exactly. So like, it's much easier to see. um, It's much easier to see like more systemic problems with them. And like the Dolphins to me just haven't proven that last year was like, they aren't the same team from last year. Like their defense hasn't really markedly improved. Their offense has been like better, but in they're sort of doing the same thing they did last year where like the first, half of the season they were one of the best offenses in the NFL and then they run into good defenses and they don't really play well. Um and and that I think, you know, we'll lead we'll see what happens when the weather gets colder and it leads into the playoffs. And, you know, last year was a little bit different because obviously the two injury, but, you know, even with two of this year, they haven't necessarily shown that they're capable of um of really playing up and being that high powered offense in the later part of the season. So to me, I, the Lions one is the easiest to erase and their schedule is going to set themselves up to get it fixed more like quickly. Uh, whereas the, you know, the, the Dolphins and the Bills have some stuff they need to worry about um, going forward. Yeah. So I, I think the Bills, I, I would agree with the Bills. I would differ on Lions. Uh, so I think Bills are in the worst spot just because they look like they're missing something. And I would say, yeah, since they played the Dolphins. And I, ironically, I'm, I'm not ironically saying Dolphins are, are in the best position here. But there is something that the Bills have lacked when they haven't played their um, division rivals. And I don't know what it is exactly, but it, they just seem to be missing something. They come out slow as shit in the first half. Um they look uninspired, you know, they don't, they look like they're so sure that they're going to get it together by the end of the season and be a, a super contender in the playoffs that they maybe are forgetting they need to make the playoffs first. Um, the Lions to me are just not, 
good enough over the long term to sit comfortably in that position. So any loss I feel like is not a good w- loss or, or, or is bad, right? Whereas the Dolphins, in some respect, as long as they're healthy, we've seen they can put up a hell of a lot of points. Uh, and I'm not going to take one or two fluke games as much, uh, like as badly as I am. Because I do think they're, if you're looking at it, right, they play the Eagles tough for, their, for like three-fourths of the game. They, you know, they've handled bad teams very well. I, I think losing to the, to the Eagles there is not as much of a bad or negative to me as, as it would be um, if, if you're like comparing them to the bills who have fallen flat on their face a couple times or the lions who, in my opinion, really don't have a lot of leeway, you know, outside of the division to think they're the best team in the league right now um, just because they historically haven't been. And I think you need to win a couple games to get comfortable in that role. And I think the lions can easily kind of cascade into failure if they're not careful. As silly as that sounds, um, so I'll say I'll say Bills are probably in the worst spot just because something feels wrong. Dolphins in the best, um, but obviously coming down the stretch, you know, uh, Bills are four and three, Dolphins are five and two. So we'll we'll see. I, I don't think the Patriots are contenders there. I think it'll be tough for the Jets to get back into that picture, but not impossible. Um, the picture being winning the AFC East. But it'll be interesting. Similarly, Mike, of the two best teams in the NFC by you know comparison, Eagles and 49ers, who are you more comfortable with in that position as best? Because I think we differ here having talked about it. Um, I So I think I would rather be the Eagles right now um, because the – like the 49ers to me, like there's a little bit of chink in the armor in the Brock Purdy, um, like is a bona fide like championship sort of quarterback discussion. And I think that's a little bit warranted where if you don't have a situation where like the team is completely humming and you've got to, you need a little bit of like high quality quarterback play to go get a victory in crunch time. He's he you know he he got them down uh, the field against Cleveland, which was an impressive feat on the road in very bad conditions. But you know, as good as that performance was, he wasn't able to do it with a little bit of a banged up offense uh, against um, Minnesota a couple nights ago. And you know, you you say you don't have Debo and you don't have Trent Williams, and that's fair. But I also think like Minnesota's defense has not been good really all season, so. To me, it's just there's a little bit of, you know, is it, is he really the guy that can go win you a playoff game when, like, you need a quarterback to win you a playoff game? Whereas I think the Eagles, the Eagles, one, they have the offense to go beat anybody in the NFL. And two, I think that how I trust Howie Roseman to go, and he's already done it with the Kevin uh, Byer trade, but. He, he's the guy I trust to go get um, a player or two that they may need to shore up that defense uh, when it comes to playoff time to put them right back in the Super Bowl conversation. And I'm just, I'm trusting the more consistent performances I've seen from uh, Jalen Hurts as opposed to, as opposed to Brock Purdy. And obviously like last year in the NFC championship game, that's not Brock Purdy's fault, but um yeah, I think the the 
the performances from the Eagles have just given me a little bit more reason to trust that they're the team that's more ready uh, to get back there at this point, and that's a little bit of recency bias. But, hey, we're fans, not analysts. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's the Eagles. I also like I, I think the Ravens are going to keep doing what they're doing and keep winning games and nobody's talking about them, and they're just going to be one of the top two or three seeds in the AFC, and we're all going to – count them out of the playoffs again i wouldn't be shocked if it's like them and mahomes for the afc title i don't hate it i i i do think i would rather be the 49ers just because when they have struggled it's been a little more fluky i feel like i know that's a very gut feeling kind of thing i mean also i don't put a lot of uh juice into the 49ers losing uh, against the Vikings who I mean Kirk Cousins played f- like like he was you know destined to win the Super Bowl in that game and they still only scored 22 so I think you know if I'm the 49ers I'm not reading too much into a primetime loss I'm reading into the Browns loss a little bit um but they have been a, a very good team they've played good teams too right they, they beat the Rams beat the Cowboys um I would have liked to see them if you're a fan beat the Vikings. Um, but I still think they're, they are better suited, especially because of how many injuries they had this past week when they lost to the Vikings. Uh, the Eagles, on the other hand, it has varied. I don't think they've been as explosive as they looked last year. They only beat the Pats by five. The Pats are not good. Uh, you know, they, they struggled against the commanders. They, sh- you know, struggled against the Rams. They lost to the Eagles. Uh, I don't know that outside of this past week, there's any differentiation between the 49ers and Eagles. And I attribute the Dolphins playing poorly and the 49ers being injured more than I do, like as to the reasons why I'm saying this more than the Eagles are just bad, bad. I just think there's something there that, that if you watch them, I think there's something there that demonstrates they're not as good as they were last year. And if they weren't as good as they are last year, then if you're an Eagles fan, you're probably like a little nervous just because obviously you you went so far and didn't capitalize. Um, I think the next big test obviously for the Eagles comes up in two weeks against the chiefs. Uh, Nice little super bowl rematch in prime time. But um, like, it wouldn't shock me if the Eagles struggle against the commanders this week, but beat them. It wouldn't shock me if they, you know, I actually don't think they'll struggle against the Cowboys. I think they might look ahead in the commanders and the commanders will be pissed off, come out firing, eventually lose. Uh, and then they'll crush the Cowboys before heading to the chiefs after a bye week but we'll see. I, I just think if you're looking at roster and who's in position, I'm a little happier if I'm a 49ers fan. Now that being said, obviously these two teams play each other later in the year as well. So we'll, we'll figure all this out before the end of the year. But I think, if you're asking me like to put money on it, Eagles or 49ers, I think I'd lean 49ers right now uh, as a number one seed coming out of this uh, division or this conference. Uh, yeah, it, it's a very week-to-week league, and I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily so. be surprised if the Eagles struggle against the Commanders either. Also, is that um, assuming like – you know, there's no major injuries or like some reason that that game wouldn't be, but if that's a primetime Eagles Chiefs game, um, is that the most watched television event this year? Because of like you have the Kelsey brothers, it's a Super Bowl rematch. You have the Taylor Swift angle. Like it, you 
Yeah, it's it's got to be, right? Like, that's going to break every viewership record for every sporting event this season. Well, let's get into our games. Is it? Uh, like, I, 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 I was asking. <laughs> what do you think? Can, say, wait, say the question again? So, like, is, is the Eagles-Chiefs primetime game going to break every viewership record if, like, there's no major uh, injury? The, we still have the Taylor these, Swift angle. It's a Super Bowl rematch. You, you got the Kelsey brothers angle. It's Mahomes. Like, to me, like, yes. That'll be the most watched television event this this year not named the Super Bowl. Uh, no, it'll pale in comparison, I think, to playoff games. Well, I also but, think yeah, if, I'm saying... I'm saying this year, well, I guess maybe compared to last year. I, I would say Eagles 49ers might be more watched. If these two teams go undefeated here on out and it's December 3rd, I think Eagles 49ers draws more viewership than if it's in prime time. Let me make sure it's in prime time. But I think if you're talking well, they could viewership, I'm sure they will. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think Eagles 49ers could be uh, the most watched regular season game of the year. But no, I don't disagree. I think the Taylor Swift thing probably <laughs> probably makes you correct in all of this. <laughs> I, I think it'll be interesting too. It just a uh, uh, like thought I had while we were talking about it. Anyway, games. Uh, okay. Yes. So Thursday night football Buccaneers at bills. Bills are eight and a half point favorites over under is 42 and a half. I don't have a play for this. Uh, I don't lean bills because of how poorly they've played. I actually would almost say bucks first half, whatever it is, take it. Um, but a Thursday primetime game, the Bills might get up for this. What do you think, Mike? Uh, yeah, I don't have a play either. I, I lean. Oh, I should also like we both had terrible weeks last week. Last week I went one and two. I had an awful fun. Yeah, I I went like take everything we're saying with a grain of salt. Um, I went one and six down to twenty seven, twenty two, and one overall in the season. So still up at fifty five percent, up a, a unit and three quarters, but uh. Yeah, not a great week at all. Um, so yeah, yeah, no, uh, no angle on this game. I actually lean the other way. I, I think, I like if the Bills are going to figure it out, the Bucks are the kind of team they could figure it out against. Um, they are at home, tough travel for the Bucks. Um, Bucks coming off a loss, but so are the Bills. Bills come home, Bucks on the road. I also kind of like the over, just because I think both teams like Buffalo's defense is obviously horrendously banged up. Uh, I think the bills will need to score to stay well ahead in this game. And to me, it's just more of like, uh, you know, I think the bucks will probably find a couple touchdowns to keep this one relatively close. So like, I wouldn't be shocked at like a 27, 21, like even Buffalo getting into the thirties on a, in a primetime spot. So that I sort of lean that way. Like if I'm just, if I'm thinking about this, you know, in my own head, um, obviously the Vegas is on Buffalo. 89% of the cash is on Buffalo. Everybody's on the under. Um, uh, to me, that's just not what I see this, the, how I see this game unfolding, but I don't feel confident enough in either to take them. So just watch Thursday night and have some fun. Check your fantasy lineups. Yeah. I don't know that it's going to be an endearing game, but we'll see. I, I hope it is, but I don't think it'll be anything to write home about. Uh, no Europe game this week. Thank Christ. Uh, we do have Eagles at commanders. Eagles are six and a half point favorites over unders 43 and a half Rams at Cowboys line is again, six and a half in favor of the Cowboys over unders 45 and a half 
Vikings at Packers. Vikings are plus one. Uh, over under is 43. Falcons at Titans. Falcons are two and a half point favorites. Over under is 36 and a half. Uh, Texans at Panthers. Texans are three point favorites. Over under is 43. Jets at Giants. Inner New York rivalry. Jets are two and a half point favorites. Over under is 36 and a half. Uh, Jags at Steelers. Jags are two and a half point favorites. Over under is 42 and a half. And Saints at Colts. Saints are one and a half point underdogs to the Colts. Over under is 43 and a half. Um, I have two bets for this. I have three bets for this slate. I apologize. Uh, Mike, I'll let you go first. Uh, I've got um, four, I think. Five. Five in this window. So when I drive to North Carolina, or sorry, drive from North Carolina to Virginia to place my legal wagers. I have five plays. Um, we can do you well. Sorry, I'll just go. Uh, Houston, Carolina over 43. This one, you know, like this one is one where I, the Vegas uh, public split here 88% of the cash, despite 59% of the public on the over here. To me, and, and like I see, I see the logic here. It's two teams coming off a bye, two rookie quarterbacks who are trying to get right. Houston's offense has been decent um, to pretty good, and their defense has been okay. Um, Carolina needs to get in some sort of offensive rhythm. I think the bye week and transitioning and play calling um, probably helps that out. I think they're going to get Miles Sanders back too in the backfield. And to me, this just feels like this sort of game that stays close throughout. Like, uh, as bad as Carolina's been, I don't really see Houston blowing them out. Um, and uh, like I said, it also as bad as Carolina's been. They've been better recently offensively. Um, they put up 21 against the Dolphins, uh, and a lot of that came early, as opposed to 24 against the Lions, where most of that came in garbage time. Um and they did put up 27 at the Seahawks. So uh, those are your three out of the last four games. So, um, and they, I mean, the game where they put up 13 against the Vikings at home, they also had two drives in the final, I think, six minutes uh, and turned the ball over uh, once or maybe twice. Um, turned the ball over twice in plus territory. So, like, they probably should have scored three touchdowns in that game too. So, like a total of 43 for if this game stays close feels like um, it's very much in play uh, when you have both teams that are going to keep scoring and trying to score. So uh, I like the over 43 there Uh, a little bit of fireworks from these two rookies. I will say uh, I have Texans minus three here. So I hope uh, there is some scoring going on. I hope, not enough to keep both teams in. I think Texans here can pull away. Um, they've been playing sneaky good, and the the Panthers are, are are possibly the worst team in the league, although they have been scoring a lot. They just can't stop anybody. Um, and, and, and at times, frankly, they can't score. It really does depend. I'll, I'll take Texans here with the points. Also, a system play, 50%, 56% of the tickets, 87% of the cash. That's one of my three plays this week. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right, we'll keep going because I know you're on this one too. Jets minus three. I hate this. I want to. I don't. I want to bite a towel. Like I, I, 
I don't want this at all. Um, I, because this is just such a classic, like the Jets are not going to win this game spot. Um, I would say that if the commanders had trounced the Giants, I think because the Giants won, I am so much more confident in this. Yeah. To me, it's just more like Tyrod looked pretty good. And like there, I could see a world where the Giants go up fairly quickly and like this is a day ball spot where he just he out coaches Sala offense versus defense and and this is just like a game that the Jets should have a decided advantage both talent wise and like just momentum wise and they just come out and Zach Wilson just pees in his own pants. Um, that being said, the Vegas is heavily on the Jets. I do see the logic why if you're not a Jets fan in that the Giants finally won a game. They finally scored an offensive touchdown. They beat the Commanders, who have been pretty not great the past uh, couple weeks. Um, but bad. they they didn't – They I mean, they the Giants won, but they won 14-7, to and they scored their final points, I think, like with eight minutes left in the second quarter. Like they didn't score for the final 30-something minutes of the game. So um, – like it, it wasn't exactly a resounding performance against a defense that has been pretty not great uh, recently, especially on the back end for uh, Washington. And now, you know, Tyrod goes and plays a jet defense that's better than either the Bills or uh, or the Commanders right now. So um, the the logic there being Zach Wilson's played okay. Like he's not he's not prolific. Don't get me wrong, but he's also not turning the ball over. He's completing passage at a high passes at a high percentage. And like the recipe for the Jets here is if you get up early, like you're this is a decided advantage for the Jets. And that, you know, Tyrod's got to play against a team that rushes the passer really well and defends the pass pretty well. Uh, and the Jets offense is able to run the ball against a defense that really hasn't played well at all. So um Besides, like last week, obviously against the Commanders, who were allowing maybe the most sacks in the history of the NFL. So, um, it's yeah, I, I get it. There's a lot of signs that point to the Jets. It's just it maybe it's just like the sky is always falling. Me chicken littling the Jets, and it's I, I just see a world where this game, like just because all the signs say the Jets should win or the Jets should win, the Jets will lose. But I'm gonna I'm gonna hold my nose. I'm gonna take them. Uh, I'm gonna take them minus three. I'm doing the same thing. Uh, same analysis. I, I also think, again, Giants having won uh, in a game they shouldn't have won when they didn't score in the second half, uh, to me, is is a pretty big indicator that they're going to fall flat on their face. Now, I, w- I am genuinely more scared of Tyrod Taylor, and I said this before they played the Commanders as a Commanders fan. I'm more scared of Tyrod Taylor than I am uh, Daniel Jones at times. I, I do think the experience helps there and everything. I just think the J- Jets have a stifling defense. Um and I think if they can get any amount of points, I think we very well could see the Giants not score more than a field goal in this game, in which case you need the Jets to score a touchdown. And I think that's very, very reasonable to to expect from the Jets. So uh, I'm taking Jets minus two and a half here. I think this line should probably be at around three and a half, four and a half. Uh, and obviously, like we were saying, 30% of this, 37% of the bets, but 70% of the money. So yeah, give me, give me Jets minus two and a half here. This is very easy for me. All right, um, I'm going to take another pick here that defies all common sense because obviously, like, you and I are not seeing games clearly, so 
maybe a little bit of fade. Yourself. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going to take Jacksonville minus two and a half. This like Pittsburgh home dog. Uh, this should be like a don't think, just throw, take Tomlin. The only thing that I, I think points me in the other direction here is that I would have been all over Pittsburgh here if they had lost to the Rams last week. The fact that they came off of I beat the Rams, who nobody expected them to beat, and now come home with a little bit of like, yeah, you could see the pit, the Steelers hanging in this game. Or like, you know, I think most of the public would say like, same old Jacksonville going to play the Steelers. Like there's, there's no way that they win this game. Um, Jacksonville, like past couple weeks is really putting it together. Um, they beat the Bills, obviously, in London. And mm-hmm. then they come home and and resoundingly, even though they like, you know, weren't, you know, Trevor Lawrence wasn't completely healthy playing a good Saints defense, still kind of just put it on. Him. Um, so those are two not great, but not the worst teams. And like Pittsburgh, I, I think a lot of people are high on Pittsburgh after watching them go beat the Rams. But Friermuth is hurt. Um, they still don't have a clear lead in the backfield and like Deontay Johnson and George Pickens are okay and, and Pickett play better. Um, uh, but like if, if TJ Watt isn't doing everything for this team, then they're way less effective. And just to me, um, it feels like Jacksonville is significantly, you know, better. And this line is sort of devalued because it's Mike Tomlin at home as an underdog. So I just, yeah, as stupid as that is, and this is just not a spot to take them, it's just hard. It's so hard in the NFL to just win back-to-back underdog weeks. I would love to see a stat when the last time a team, uh, like, covered or won outright as a underdog in back-to-back weeks. That feels like it doesn't happen very often, and so I'm going to take – I'm going to take Jacksonville in this spot just because I think – I think this is a close game still. I think they win, and it's inside a score. So just uh, I'll take it with the points, just because I don't need like I don't I don't need much help there, um, unless you get like a mixed extra point or something. So, uh, yeah, give me Jacksonville minus two. Yeah, so in line with this, I'm taking the under here, forty one and a half. That's my third play. It's funny that we have the same, but different for the most part plays. Um, I I think the Jags can score. I don't think they're going to put up forty one and a half on them their own. Um, and I, I think the Steelers very much could come out very flat here. I know Steelers underdog, blah, 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 blah. The, the Jags have been playing very well. The Steelers, I think, are kind of running out of steam here in this, like, fake it till you make it. I think they've started to realize they're not going to make it, and I think they're going to start to take some L's here. Granted, the win in Los Angeles against Baltimore, I get it, right? They're playing hot. I think the wheels start to come off here. Uh, and I think we start to see the Steelers uh, that we saw against Houston come out, and I think the Steelers start to perform a lot worse. I am I'm utterly shocked they're four and two. They are a two and four at best team right now, who has just done very well in these games when they shouldn't have. So I'm going to take the under forty one and a half here. Um, I I don't think they they keep up with uh, the Steelers, or I don't think the Steelers really are able to score in this game. Uh, I, I thought about that one too. I just, if you get to like 27, 24 and like Pittsburgh has enough dudes to make explosive plays, like you're, you're over it. So I, I, I understand this, the splits here say that, um, I just, 
I don't know. I'm a little bit scared of it, which makes no sense, right? Like the, the, it makes no sense that a like a a play where it's 98 percent of the cash is on the under, and uh, and Pittsburgh is catching 61 percent of the cash that I'm taking Jacksonville minus two and a half. But that's the way the past couple weeks have been. So, um, yeah, moving on. I'm gonna take the. Uh, I'm going to take the Rams Cowboys under 45 and a half. Um, 76% of the cash is on Dallas in this game. 92% is on the under. And yes, the Rams offense has been pretty good. But if Vegas thinks that Dallas is going to win this game and win it handily, it is not because they are going to win it in a high scoring game. Because that's just not the team Dallas has been this year. Um, they've been a they've been a defensive team. They've scored relatively lower, and even in the games where they've won pretty convincingly, they win it by generating turnovers, scoring points, getting out to big leads, and sort of sitting on the football and winning like thirty-one to ten, right? Which at that would be obviously forty-one. That's under this total. Um, so, like, to me, one of – I just – I can't see this being, like, a um, – like, tw- like I said, 27, 24 that gets you to 48. Like, a – even, like, a midly high-scoring game. Because if the Rams get out to a lead and, like, the Rams offense performs, I just don't know that I see Dallas, you know, making that sort of comeback. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that's where – you know, that you get screwed here is if the Rams get up and score, you know, 24 to 28 points and then Dallas makes a comeback, like that's how you get over 45. But, um, you know, the path to path to victory here for the under, it feels like there's just more avenues where like the Rams coming off a bad loss, come out flat against Dallas. Um, and Dallas sort of dominates the game defensively. Uh, or, even if the Rams come out and play really well, I don't know that Dallas offensively has looked really any good or good enough to keep up. So um, I just, I I think, and and that, and, you know, 72% of the public is on the under, but 92% of the cash, it's just, you know, there's a, a lot of the signs point to like, this will be relatively lower scoring than the brands involved here probably tend to make you believe. Like typically you would think Rams, Cowboys, like, High scoring, like a lot of passing, um, but I think that's that's a little bit misleading in this matchup. So I'm gonna take the under 45. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. Do you have any other plays for this uh, 1 p.m. slate? Yeah, I have one more. Um, I what you got? I originally like I'm off Green Bay. I think their their offense looked terrible against one of the worst defenses. Plus, like you want to talk about a play that could have saved what was otherwise a really really bad week for me. Jordan Love, dude, you're down one. Or sorry, you're down two. Uh, mm-hmm. The spread is Green Bay minus one. Dal- or Denver kicks a field goal to go up two. Green Bay gets the ball back and throws like a 30-yard pass to get the ball into uh, well into field goal range. Right with a chance to win the now now the game like you you get a field goal the game is over it is not tied we are talking about the game's over so the only thing you can't have is a turnover and we are throwing like outs to the corner that are w- underthrown like 
just I, you can't have a worse throw and a more irresponsible play in that situation than to than to throw an interceptable ball with less than two minutes left down to like peripheral red zone. That just like just such moronic decision making. And if somehow Green Bay holds onto the ball, they kick a field goal, you at least get the cover there. And I'm talking about a one five and one week as opposed to one and six, but that would make a heck of a difference to my overalls here. So yeah. uh it's like just just a dumb, dumb, dumb play that I could not get over when it happened. Anyway, that was my side on Jordan Love being a moron. Um, but bottom line, I think his decision-making has been really suspect for the past couple weeks. Minnesota, on the other hand, coming off of a very emotional win, now they go to the on the road against the division rival. I think that this is more of like a come-to-earth game for Minnesota against the Green Bay defense that's not the worst. And I just I but I don't think that Green Bay's offense is any good, so I don't think they're gonna be the team that sort of takes advantage of it. And we saw this kind of with Minnesota's game against the Bears, where, you know, 14 to 7, really low scoring, kind of like a snoozer, uh, in a 12 o'clock central time game that just feels like the exact same spot. I think it goes the other way. I think Minnesota loses this game. I think Green Bay probably wins it like 21 to 7, 21 to 14. But this like 43 to me, I don't know where that number comes from, and I don't know how anybody gets there because that's just a that's a, a like very suspectly high number for two teams that have played really consistent, inconsistent, sorry, inconsistent offense for the past few weeks. So uh, I'm going to take a the Green Bay Minnesota under 43 again. 90 percent of the cash here is on the under. So um, yeah, under. I like it. All right, uh, next slate. We got Browns at Seahawks. Uh, Browns are three and a half point underdogs away. Over under is 39 and a half. Uh, Ravens at Cardinals. Ravens are eight point favorites after they trounced the Lions last week. Over under is 44. Uh, Bengals at 49ers. Bengals are five and a half point underdogs. Over under is 45. And Chiefs at Broncos. Chiefs are eight point favorites. Over under is 46. Uh, I'll start off here, Mike. I lean Browns plus three, kind of, but I actually don't have a play for this slate. Um, so I'll let you go on anything you got. Yeah, I don't. I have a couple leans. I lean San like like San Francisco minus five and a half, just a bounce back spot, like regression back to being one of the better teams in the NFL. The only thing that, that makes me wary of that is that the Bengals are coming off a bye, and and really they needed any more than anything to get healthy. This is just probably like a bad spot for the Bengals to get one of the better teams in the NFL. But I think they know that they need to come out firing and Higgins with another week to rest, Burrow with another week to rest. I think that there's a chance that they just have a really good offensive performance. So there's just there's too much volatility there to take it either against the spread or on the total. Um, yeah, I'd agree. I sort of love the Baltimore under. Uh, Baltimore is on under 44 just because – this is sort of like beside before that game against the Lions, the Ravens offense had not been very dynamic. Um, they obviously had the stinker up in uh, up in Pittsburgh where they scored ten points. Um, they beat the Titans twenty four to sixteen, which is not really that impressive for a team like the Titans. 
Um, you know, they, they scored 28 on the road against Cleveland, but like they just, they were doing it a, a lot through like Lamar and, and being responsible and running the ball and just, but it wasn't very dynamic. And obviously that changed against the lions. So like maybe they found something, but I also think like a snoozy ish sort of game going out West to play a team that plays hard. It just feels like a spot where there's certainly a possibility that Baltimore comes out really flat. And I just don't think Arizona has the offense to take advantage of that. So I think that there's a chance that this game is relatively low scoring. I know 44 is not the highest total we've seen in the NFL, but it's still relatively high. So <clears throat> sorry, I I, um, I kind of like that. Uh, and I I sort of like the Chiefs, uh, but like the hook at seven and a half is too much. And 70% of the cash is on Denver. So and I I do think that there's a possibility that um, that Kansas City is going to lose a, a stinker in here somewhere. I just it's one of those like playing minesweeper. Like you you really don't know what it's going to happen. So um, I that just sort of keeps me away there. So yeah, nothing nothing in this slate. Um, but there's there's some value if you're doing better than we are. I don't hate it. I don't hate it. Um... Yeah, I, I, I would say I kind of lean Cardinals here, eight and a half, two, but it, just with the trouncing that the Ravens gave the Lions and combined with the fact that the Cardinals were um, eight-point favorites or eight-point dogs, nine-point dogs against Seattle and still lost, um, I, I can't confidently give that out as a pick. I just I think the Ravens will also start to flounder a little bit as we go on. Um, not that they're bad. It's just that's kind of the ebbs and flows of it. Uh, every time it seems Lamar gets hot is like the next week. He's just down in the dumps and barely ekes out a win against a bad team. But um, yeah, I don't have anything else for the slate as, as honestly. Uh, yeah. Last two games, Sunday night football bears at chargers bears are eight and a half point dogs over under 46 and a half. Uh, and then Raiders at Lions. Lions are eight-point favorites at home. Over-under is 45-and-a-half. Uh, of note, I think uh, Justin Fields is still out. So Tyson will start again, who was electric last week. as the uh, What was he? Uh, he's, he was a Division II quarterback in NCAA football, and I think he's like the first guy to start from Division II in you know x many number of years won the game electric so much fun to watch if you were able to catch some of it he played pretty well bears trounced las vegas 30 12 um with that in mind i don't actually hate plus eight and a half but i also again this is a lean uh i played i, I performed very poorly this past week so i'm taking it easy um not going to be betting chicago plus eight and a half mike uh i have two plays in this slate uh go for it lions minus eight and or eight and a half, whatever, wherever you. Play. Yeah, yeah, I don't hate it. I, I like, it like, I should learn my lesson from last week. Like, far superior team, Monday night game. Like, this should be a spot where, like, there's a chance you come out flat. But the big difference to me is the lines are home, coming off a really bad loss. Um, and this just feels like the perfect team for Dan Campbell to get his guys ready for and just absolutely steamroll. Um. Like the the Raiders, uh, like <laughs> Josh McDaniel's quote about why he didn't start uh, Aiden O'Connell was that it was not, it's not spring training anymore. Um, 
or not spring training. Jesus, uh, I've been doing. I've been working on the MLB project for uh, school, but um, it's not. It's not a training camp anymore. And he already started O'Connell earlier this season, but he started Brian Hoyer and like switched to O'Connell, but not early enough. So like, I, oh, dude, O'Connell clearly gives you a better chance. Like I, it's weird, but I actually think like Hoyer is much better if you need a guy to come in in the middle of a game. But if like you're going to start somebody, it's clear that like Aiden O'Connell gives you more upside than Brian Hoyer gives you. Um, so it, but it seems like they're going to start Hoyer again, and it's going to go similarly poorly uh, because they got smoked by uh, they got smoked by the Bears and couldn't score against the Bears defense. And now they go play the Lions, which you know, aside from what Baltimore did to them, the Lions defense plays with a lot of effort and has been pretty good all year. So um, all of that to me adds up to like a very pitiful offensive performance from the Raiders. Um, and it just feels like the like I said, the Lions are going to use this as an opportunity to to get right and get back on track. And then, uh, and then as far as uh, the total here, I'm going to also take the under forty five and a half for the same reason as like I just don't see where the points come from from the Raiders and I, like forty five is just too many points in a uh, forty five is just too many points for a NFL team that's not named the Miami Dolphins to cover by themselves. So I, I just like, that's a pretty large number for when one of the teams is just not going to score points. Um, so give me 45 and a half under, and I will take Detroit to cover. I really think this could be like a step on the throat sort of performance from, uh, from the Lions and like a blowout. Now saying that, I, I'm going to be totally wrong, but um, I just I, I don't see any avenue where the Raiders really meaningfully compete in this game. Um, and you should never say that about an NFL team, but they've been so bad, and it just they have it just doesn't really make sense to me why this line is anything less than ten. But uh, I I 100% agree with you, and I hate that I agree with you because we both had pretty bad weeks. But if you're the Lions, this is a get get right game where you come out in prime time at home and you fucking demolish a bad team. Yeah. I think it's more concerning if I'm a Lions fan, if the Lions don't cover this than they did losing like they did last week against a very good Ravens team. That that to me is the indicator of a good team. You got your ass kicked, you come back the next week, you take care of business handedly. And I think that would be ten or so points winning like like winning by 10 or more yeah and that's, that's where i would have thought the line would have been and it's just it, it, yeah it's weird yeah 100 100 agree um well that has been our episode thank you for watching like if you're listening like and subscribe we do this every week and have a good day